What's going on, everybody? Whoa. <laughs> know Fucking getting right into that shit. Jesus. Hey, what's, up? what's going on? This is episode 105 of the Dark Windows podcast. Old fiver. So, before yeah. we get started, we got some business to tend to. Mm-hmm. Kevin, why don't you talk about them headphones? The like normal? Headphones. Go over to studio.com. Check them out. They have headphones, earbuds, and they have a sweet Bluetooth speaker. Yes, they do. The yeah. Femtio. Yes, you can buy all of them or one of them whichever you'd like but whatever you want put it in your basket go to checkout and then go down below to where it says coupon put the promo code of dark windows 15 in to get 15 percent off your entire purchase i would recommend a pair of earbuds and the speaker or you could i recommend a pair of headphones. either or just get two things because you know you're gonna they're one of those companies where once you buy one thing from them you're like I'm kind of going to keep sticking with these guys because they make a really good product, and it's not overpriced. So yeah, That's very true. I don't think I'll ever buy a different brand of headphones, honestly. I like them. Even if they stop sponsoring the show, I'll keep buying them because they're nice. Yeah. yeah. So, um, also, darkwindowspod.com. You can go check us out there. We have links to everything, including Studio. Uh-huh. So go check us out. Uh, the website doesn't really change much, but it doesn't really need to because it's a website, and it's got links to stuff. And the stuff that the links are in changes uh-huh. so you can get new episodes you can go to patreon all that happy shit but anyway let's talk about some really really weird this is going to be a weird episode yeah because we kind of are stepping away from most everything i guess that we do we don't really it's not like it's kind of it's still in our genre I we're, we're getting closer to almost like another conspiracy kind of episode yeah because this is just talking about the weird shit that the united states government does with the money that they, they yeah. give themselves yeah or the money that we give them <laughs> well i mean we give it to them and they redirect it to weird black projects and shit like that yes and then they didn't that they deny don't happen yeah we're gonna happen you know i don't know or what they're talking just about. complete fucking failures like one of mine Wow. Spectacular failure. Both of mine. Sort of failure? Yeah, well, I don't know. No, not really. I don't think they were failures. But Oh, one of mine definitely is. And the other one, if they do it, is fucking crazy. Yeah, so let's so, get into it. Why don't you start so us so off? If, if, you didn't, if you didn't realize what we're talking about, we're talking about uh, like black ops operations that the like, CIA did. Um, or has done. Or has attempted. Year, or attempted to do. <laughs> yeah. No, I want to hear yours first. Okay. So my first one that I found um, isn't so much like a military operation. It's more of a um, it's a project. So from the people who brought us, or at least tried to, such products as synthetic blood, combat exoskeletons, robot cyborg insects, programmable shape-shifting material. That's a real fucking thing. Laser-guided bullets... For some reason, a flying goddamn submarine, and much, much more. It's not Wayland yutani from Alien, coming just in time for the upcoming war season. Unkillable soldiers by DARPA! <laughs> <laughs> Try to tell me I couldn't get somebody to buy some shit with that pitch. Oh, DARP. So DARPA does all kinds of crazy shit. Um, 
They 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 seduce the weather into doing what they want it to do. Well, that's through Harp. That's not DARPA. Okay, sorry. Which DARPA possibly developed it, but DARPA does a lot of real weird shit. Harp just implemented it. What? They DARP? DARPA may have, you know, invented it. Oh, DARPA for sure created Harp. Harp implemented it. Not necessarily. No, not with this. No. Harp is just to fuck with the weather. Yeah. That's like, oh, hey, you want a thunderstorm in, like, Thailand? Fucking A, let's do it. (laughs) You want the biggest tsunami ever? Fuck. You all want some earthquakes in Chile? We got you. (laughs) We can do that. Well, I don't think they can do exactly that. Uh... We got to talk about Harp at some point. (laughs) DARPA, or the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, is part of the Department of Defense, and they work on and develop emerging technology for use mostly with the military. Some of it is for private sector kind of stuff, but mm-hmm. it's it's like 90% military stuff. Yeah. Including if you follow the game lore, creating uh, you know, replica Metal Gears, trying to figure out how to make the, the original, but they couldn't quite. Because uh-huh. only the people at Outer Heaven can do that. Anyway, I'll stop now. Nerd. I'll stop while I'm ahead. <laughs> Fuck you. So this particular project goes by the name of Project Inner Armor. It not, was not to be confused with the Outer Armor. No, th- it's you know. it's for sure it it sticks right to its name. Uh, this was first announced at the opening of DARPA Tech, which is their biannual conference that DARPA holds, um, bringing like all the different program managers together from all the different kind of tech fields that they cover. Uh-huh. A program manager by the name of Michael Callahan discussed the idea of making U.S. Special Forces members harder to kill. Who can blame him? You know? Mm-hmm. Why don't we need, like, just groups of fucking Captain Americas and shit? Okay, yeah. You know, or Winter Soldiers. I, I mean, I'm not going to disagree. Right. So he calls this new endeavor Project Inner Armor, like I just said. And the idea was to make soldiers more resilient to things like high altitude, intense heat, the crushing depths of the ocean. Okay. So this can be used in a wide variety of third world country invading endeavors. Because <laughs> we could like launch them out of a fucking space shuttle and just drop them wherever. And then if they land in a hot country that just so happens to have oil, they'll be fine because they can withstand the heat. Or if we need them to, like, swim over and fucking blow up some Chinese submarine or some shit, they can do that, too. Okay. See so where we're going? Gonna, so they're going to be part dolphin, part reptile. You know, <laughs> they do some wild shit, and some of it actually involves trying to do stuff like that. So explain this to me. Okay. What, what are you? Are you half dolphin? Are you dolphin, reptile? What was the last one? A uh, penguin? Fly, flying thing? <laughs> so are you... Are you a dolphin or a bird? <laughs> I'm confused. Damn it! Identify yourself! Did you, did you just assume my species? <laughs> Listen, I'm all the above, okay? So, he based this project on how certain animals have adapted to their surroundings with things. There are birds that can fly unimaginable heights without brakes or without flapping because they just ride the solars. Uh, the, the thermals, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, there's microorganisms that can survive in deep sea volcanic vents that are hundreds and hundreds of degrees and very acidic. And one of his biggest influences, believe it or not, is the sea lion. 
he drew inspiration from the sea lion due to the fact that that they can redirect blood flow in their bodies and slow their heart rate enough to stay underwater for hours and hours. Huh. Which is pretty interesting. You know another animal that can... I think... I think... I'm not mistaken. Another animal that can do that. Well, sort of can do that. Um, well, they, they're always underwater, but uh, the redirection of like blood flow and mm-hmm. stuff like that um, is... Uh, I didn't know this until I was watching Shark Week. Great White Shark. They can actually redirect, redirect some blood flow so that when they go... If they go down deep, like real deep, they can actually uh, stay keep their body temperature warmer. Yeah, it, it keeps the blood flowing through like... The core, basically, yeah. like where your important shit is. So, like, that's why when you get cold, you shiver yeah. because the blood is leaving your limbs and going back uh-huh. to your core to keep all the important shit from freezing. Yep. So the goal with this would be to somehow emulate the circulatory system of sea lions in humans, especially Navy divers, who he wants to find a way to um, increase their oxygen flow, like 30 to 40 percent. But in his own words, quote, do what a sea lion does, redirect oxygen on demand. This would increase the length of time that divers, I'm sorry, this could increase the length of time and depth that divers t- could go to where the, sea, uh, where the sea lion does that as an instinct because it just, it just happens. It's a yeah, natural yeah. impulse in the body. He wants the divers to be able to do this on, quote, a push-button fashion and have control over it at will. Go, go magic lungs. Yeah, basically. So be able to, like, have something where you can just be like, okay, I need to go deeper and, like, bloop, and be able to turn it on and off. Yeah. Which is fucking wild. Like, if you can figure out how to do that, that's some shit. (laughs) So the second part of it actually makes it a little bit weirder. And this is where the kill proof part comes in. He made mention of these certain microorganisms that survive in chemical and radioactive, I'm sorry, uh, chemical and radiological hazard sites by creating synthetic uh, vitamins that stall or completely cancel out radioactivity poisoning. Okay. At the moment, the military vaccinates its members for seven of the 44 deadliest pathogens, uh, like mostly the ones that are more likely to be used in a theater of war, like your anthrax, sarin, ricin, all that fun shit that... My brother has gotten and my dad have gotten all of those. Which is why they can't get fucking coronavirus. Oh, probably not. Because, like, that shit will kill AIDS. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know exactly if that's true. I'm pretty but, sure it is. <laughs> well, no, about the coronavirus, because I don't, I don't know if that's... Uh, I don't know. But maybe. It may... Might, I'm telling you, man, if Magic Johnson cannot have AIDS forever, listen. I'm pretty sure the military is like, hey, so this shit that we made in a blender and we shot into you with a turkey baster... It's going to do a bunch of real wild shit. First off, A, I think the real Magic Johnson's probably dead, and he's been replaced. So there's another seven-foot-tall black man that looks just he's like Magic seven Johnson. seven-foot-tall. Six-foot-eight. He's only like six-five. Like six, Bullshit. Six, he's six, like six-eight. Six, no, he's not that tall. I don't, think he's, I don't think he's like... Anyway, doesn't matter. We'll have this discussion off air. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Callahan wants to change that, uh, wants to change that by, by, quote... Adding prepositioned universal immune cells via inoculation that would and should protect against more diseases and chemical weapons that could potentially be used. He also wants his team to, to quote, figure out and predict pathogen evolution to preempt a pathogen's emergence with predictive and preventative vaccines. 
So this is where we kind of like almost cross into like the Joe Ledger world. We're like, we got to okay. figure out how these are going to work. And then be like, nah, we're going to fuck with it and make sure it can't do that. But at the same time, over on this table, we're going to do the exact opposite and figure out how we can make sure that nobody can fuck with it once it's there. Yeah. It's a little Sebastian Galt-y. <laughs> and I don't like it. I don't like when fuck, like, I don't like stuff like that. Like, don't fuck with. Well, I was thinking of like, and maybe like Hecate and. Yeah, same difference though. Or uh, their father. Yeah. If his team somehow figures out how to do this, they could, quote, develop 3 million of any vaccine or therapeutic in 12 weeks at just pennies a dose. Therefore, this could be kind of a game changer for medications, especially for people that have some, that have stuff like diabetes, where if this technology actually works that way and you can synthesize this stuff that quickly and make it that cheap and still be effective people that are spending hundreds of dollars a month on insulin could potentially be spending 50 bucks a year on insulin, which is honestly how it should be anyway. Well, actually they did reduce it though. Right. But they reduced it because there was so much outcry for it. If they could do it this way and reduce it because there is more than more than is needed, that'd be even better. Yeah. Cause I mean, at that point in time, you could just be like here, Here's $20 for my yearly supply of insulin and just pick it up as you need it or pay for it per dose or whatever. I don't know how it works. I'm like the only person in my family that's not a fucking diabetic. So I couldn't tell you, but yet. So not all the shit that they're doing is like building metal gears and trying to make like unkillable robot dog soldiers. Some of it could potentially actually be used for good, which not a lot of stuff that DARPA does honestly could because a lot of it's really fucking weird. Like, Hey, have you ever seen a snail that we can put a flamethrower on? Guess what? We got one right over there. Well, the thing is, is like you have to have for so many bad things, you've got to have something good so that it kind of like if somebody tends to look into it. To mask the bad shit. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) You got to, you got to, you know, you got to hide it a little. Yeah. You know, so that people don't get to thinking. Oh, Oh, you need, you, you need sentient. Machine gun robot dogs, that's aisle four. Uh, right behind the actual cyborgs that do backflips and throw tomahawks at people. It's going to be coming. like two shelves down. And then if you go all the way up to the top, that's where you find the murder drones. Those are coming. Yeah. So what's your first one? <laughs> that was uh, <laughs> that was all I could find for inner armor. Okay. My first one is called Operation Midnight Climax. (laughs) I have a vague idea about this one. This was a CIA operation led by George Hunter White, an Army Captain, OSS officer, veteran agent of the Federal Bureau of Narcotics, FBN. And the Uh, OSS was the predecessor to the CIA. Yes. Yes. Uh, For anybody that doesn't know. he, He also was a CIA operative. Right. Uh, during the day, White worked as the, an FBN agent to keep psychoactive drugs out of the, out of circulation. And when <laughs> night fell... The one time the fucking CIA is not trying to put psychotropic drugs into shit. <laughs> but, but, but wait. Uh, 
That was his day job. Yeah. At night, he's just, like, fucking slinging acid at people. His night Do you ever want to see what the inside of your own brain looks like? Here, take a trick of this. Well, at night, fell, he and his minions dispensed these drugs widely to strangers in San Francisco and New York. (laughs) Thousands of unwitting men were lured to CIA-sponsored drug and sex sessions by prostitutes at CIA... uh, Big air quotes here. Safe houses. See, that doesn't sound like a bad idea. Like a bad time. Just like, well, I don't want to no, do acid. No. This, wait, because <laughs> they didn't know. We'll get to that. The prostitutes were given $100 a night and were guaranteed that they not, would not be harassed by the police. And they would be also given chits, which uh, they could use to for favors such as get out of jail. So they were basically just, you know, hey, we'll give you this, and you can just basically get out of jail. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, the Johns were brought in by the prostitutes and were given LSD and liquor. Now, so the John, yeah, the CIA would then monitor and record the sexual encounters before uh, from behind a two-way mirror. That's pretty gross. The sick bastards. <laughs> Uh, they would use the video to blackmail the Johns since they were upstanding citizens. Uh-huh. Uh, what, Be a shame if your wife found out you were down here tripping your face off and having sex with some stranger. I think it was because more than that. Yeah. There, I think they were like... There's underlying things that we're about to get to, I'm sure. I think it was be, no, I think it was because they were... Well, I mean, upstanding citizens like lawyers right. and doctors. But still, it'd be a shame like if that. your wife found out, wouldn't it? Yeah. Or if uh, the bar found out. Or... But they're also filming this so you have a control mm-hmm. and then your experiment. Yeah. White would watch the drug se- drug sex while sipping martinis. To, m- to maintain his Jekyll and Hyde routine, he would repo- uh, re- reportedly relied heavily on alcohol and drugs. Okay, so this dude's a straight up just pervert. Yeah. For reals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's a, uh, I found a thing where this guy named, uh, Colin Ross, he was a psychiatrist, Mm -hmm. um, who examined CIA documents and found a memo indicating another purpose for Operation Midnight Climax, and that purpose was that the CIA was actually testing the performance of prostitutes under conditions (laughs) that mimicked a field operation to see whether they could become female spies or agents. The Johns were given LSD as part of the co- <laughs> double O ho bag. <laughs> yes, double O ho bag. Definitely. What's your name, darling? Double O ho bag. Spice, cinnamon spice. What you can you call mean? me whatever you want for five dollars. <laughs> Holy Christ! Okay. Uh, yes. The Johns were so the Johns were given the LSD as part of the cover for testing uh, CIA's female uh, Manchurian candidates. <laughs> prior to their use in the actual operations. Now, I have to say, before I go any further, this whole um, thing was actually uh, part of a much bigger... Um, this, this seems like it was almost part of MK Ultra. It was. Okay. This was much... This was like, you know, the much bigger scheme of MK Ultra, Which okay. definitely deserves its own episode yeah. or sodes. Yes. Uh... So the 
like I said, they're, they're their own little uh, Manchurian candidates. Yeah, that's um, another one we got to do at some point in time too. Now the missions, uh, the mission like being that they to have sex with the target mm-hmm. and extract information from that target. Okay, to see if they could do that. Now the recruitment of uh, street prostitutes provided an additional layer of cover for the testing of the Manchurian candidates. Plus, it provided free live pornogra- uh, pornography for the CIA officers. Of course. I mean. Yeah. Who doesn't Who doesn't want to fiddle themselves at work once in a while? Exactly. Might as well here watching these, these fucking hookers. Like, you know, you're clearly their supervisor at work, so you might as well, you know. Yeah. Fire one off, I guess. Uh, during this operation, the CIA acted as drug suppliers, infiltrating different uh, drug-using groups. Wait a minute. With... You're trying to tell me the CIA is actually giving people drugs? No. Never. Fuck, they've never done that before. They would never do that to us, would they? No. This is whole... This is, Like I said, this is part of NKUltra, man. Never yeah, but happened. like the CIA has never like, Listen, smuggled drugs in. They never used from, like, drugs. From Nicaragua or... Bolivia no. or Vietnam or... Or Iran. Well, no, or... we gave them guns. Well, yeah, but there was also a little bit of drugs. Yeah, we were getting the drugs. And we were giving the guns to the Iranians. And they had never done this with Afghanistan. No, 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 no. We're there to we're there to free those people with nothing to do with the poppy fields. No, never. You fucking crazy? I know, I know. It's like saying we went to Iraq for the oil. <laughs> Maniac. <laughs> I'm sorry. You un-American fuck. How, how dare you? During this operation, like I said, the CIA acted as drug suppliers, infiltrating different drug-using groups with political uh, viewpoints deemed to be, quote, of interest, mm. and relayed information to the CIA headquarters. With that being said, 1,000 men were subject to this, and most of them were given drugs without their consent and or knowledge. So basically, they took the fucking drinks. Spiked them. And spiked that shit. Date rape drug. I mean, and again, the CIA would never have done this to anybody else. So. Like maybe in Tuskegee with syphilis or, you know, San Francisco when they fucking like nerve gas part of the city. <laughs> Allegedly. Listen. So, you know. But the San Francisco. So the San Francisco house was such a success that they decided, you know what? <laughs> We're going to franchise this bitch. We should franchise. Yes, exactly. Let's franchise We're going to be like the Popeyes of getting people fucked on LSD. You know, there's a place across the Golden Gate Bridge that I've been eyeing. I think we should go there. Maybe they, they, they just... They Let's just, go listen, over. They just closed down the Bojangles. The building still stands. We can get in there. We can go over to, yes, this place is Marin County. Was either a Bojangles over. or a Checkers. I can't remember because they took the sign down. Either way. I'm not sure. It's no. a chicken joint, and well, we're going to get people on acid. Or, or was it In-N-Out? Burger. I don't, I don't know. Well, technically, technically, it was In-N-Out quite a few times if there's prostitutes. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely In-N-Out. Yeah. Yes. In-N-Out and In-N-Out, and then on the feet so this, <laughs> in and out you're out gross never mind that went over your head i think yes i did i got that so the suburban uh, marin county location on the other hand provided a greater sense of isolation and secrecy allowing for more elaborate and ridiculous experiments <laughs> marx wrote the tss the technical service staff scientists tested 
such MK Ultra specialties as stink bombs, itching and sneezing powders, diarrhea inducers. The TSS's Ray uh, Treschler, the Stanford chemist, sent these uh, harassment substances out to the California out to California for testing, but White, along with with such delivery systems as mechanical launcher that could throw uh, foul-smelling objects to 100 yards. This is what happens when juvenile delinquents grow up and get into science. Yeah. <laughs> Wish I had this shit when I was in high school. Yeah, I'd have, I'd have whipped fucking stink bombs in my science teacher's house. It's, it's, I'm telling you, dude, fucking itching powder and shit. Like, what, did they have, like, those fucking hand buzzers where you shake somebody's hand and it turns them into a horse or something instead? Now... At apparently one of these, um, <clears throat> at a p- Christmas party that the CIA... <laughs> we're we're going to say party in, in parentheses there. No, no, it was a Christmas party that the CIA must have been throwing. Ah. There was a deputy U.S. marshal there, there by the name of Wayne Ritchie. He unknowingly drank yeah. a LSD-contaminated beverage. They did shit like this to each other all the time because they now, thought it was funny. out of his mind, he attempted to rob a bar at gunpoint. <laughs> He resigned from the marshal service, but avoided jail. Now, White did say that he was at the party, so maybe he kind of did the. He's little, he's probably the guy. You know. Um. So yeah, that. Uh, all right. So then, um, in 1966, White retired after 14 years in the CIA. And he wrote a startling farewell letter to Sid Gottlieb, who actually was um, one of the leaders, one of the, his higher-ups, and uh, which he reminisced about his Midnight Climax work. And he said, quote, I was a very minor missionary, actually a heretic, but I toiled wholeheartedly in the vineyards because it was fun, fun, fun. Where else could a red-blooded American boy lie, kill, cheat, steal, rape, and pillage with sanction and blessing of all highest? And what we didn't, what you forgot to mention there is that's actually part of, like, the oath that the CIA takes. (laughs) It would become... Doesn't say anything about kidnapping people, but it's in there. It would become supreme uh, irony that the CIA's enormous search for weapons among drugs, fueled by the hope that spies could control life and, and genius and machines, would wind up helping it to create in the wandering, uncontrollable minds of the counterculture. And so they did. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and overall, Operation Midnight Climax was actually a failure and embarrassment for the CIA. No shit. They it were embarrassed by that? Yeah, it, huh. it actually it provided inconclusive and unscientific results. Well, I mean... <laughs> the negative results that were brought to the CIA for, uh, for this operation were nothing compared to the humiliation that it brought to the men that were unwillingly participants in the operation. Yeah. Well, first off, A, they were unwilling participants to a certain point. They weren't high... When they followed these women back to the fucking brothel. Right, but... So, A, they were in the wrong to begin with, but... Not necessarily. 
Because if they are thinking that this is a cash transaction where we can basically use each other to masturbate and I pay you for it and everybody leaves happy, there's nothing wrong with that. The well, fact that you get there and somebody puts some fucking goofy shit in your drink and all of a sudden you think you're a ghost and you're having <laughs> sex with a pumpkin, that's where it's bad. I have I have no problems with prostitution as long as it's not... Yeah. You know, there shouldn't be a dude making all kinds of money off of it and then beating these girls up. They should be like independent contractors, you know. Exactly. Be you know able to get health care if they want. So that was you know? Operation Midnight Climax. The drug sex ring to make prostitutes into the ultimate spy. That's pretty rad. Which failed. Yeah. Miserably. Well, I don't think it should be a failure. I think it actually could have worked. It could have, but they were too busy trying to fuck each other over, too. <laughs> they were too busy trying to jerk off to, like, watching, you know... Well, yeah, but they're they're clearly dosing each other at company picnics and stuff, too. Well, listen, that's, that's fun. Like, hey, man, this potato salad's really good. It tastes like the fucking sky. Wait, it's talking. It oh, is. my God, I'm eating it, and it's talking. It is the sky. And this is exactly why I don't trust my brain enough for hallucinogens. The snozberries taste like snozberries. Yeah. Whoa, man. This anyway. potato salad has a mind of its own. So, what is your second? Our next one is going to be Operation Let's Take a Quick Break oh. and come right back after this. After these. So, we are back. My second one, I'm sure some people out there have probably heard of if you're into the weird shit that I am. We are going to talk about... Not everybody's into the weird shit like you. I'm pretty sure some of our listeners will have heard of this and gone, oh, wait, I know a little bit about this. Okay. So, of all the weird shit that happened science-wise in the Cold War, including, uh, you know, attempts at astral projection, which, I mean, watch The Men at Stare at Goats. It's actually really good. The book's pretty decent, too. Uh-huh. Uh, book's actually better than the movie, but that's okay. Which um, was, I think, part of... Uh, that was also probably... Wasn't that part of MKUltra? That was part... That was... Uh, no, it wasn't, it wasn't MKUltra, because they weren't, like, force-feeding them drugs. They were just like, we need you to just try to... Spying some Russians with your brain. Um, experiments by the Soviets to create ape, you know, ape men warriors. That was a thing, um, and that's one of those things that I think we would, I would love to cover. Talking mm-hmm. about fucking Stalin trying to create human gorilla hybrids to give AKs to and go fight on behalf of the motherland. Why not? <laughs> but Germany, this, Germany had fucking werewolves, so vampires too. All right, fine. Anyway. So, this might be one of the weirder ones. Oh, yes. In the 1960s, the CIA may or may not, but definitely did, do some spying on the Russians, believe it or not. So, this is going to be a little bit of a history lesson. We did spy on the Russians. In all fairness, they spied on us back. We we played the game with them very well. And they played the game back very well. Sure. Okay. Okay. There were, you know, the obvious outright spies. There was spy plane flyovers, double agents, including one which we spoke about a couple weeks ago. That's in ADX Florence Supermax Prison because he's a giant waste of human flesh and biological material. There's another guy that, well, we they think was a, a spy for Russia. Which one? Um, Mr. Oswald. No, he was not. He was a Manchurian candidate. I don't know. And he also didn't actually kill JFK. I'm uh, no. I'm saying they th- they think he did. Yeah, he because was. he was a 
fucking but, disgusting little commie anyway, but I don't uh, think... I think he was just, you know, wrong place, You don't go time. and visit Russia in the 60s without being, like, an enthusiast of communism. You're not going there for the fucking sights what, what in the if, 60s. What if you want to go for the borscht? Yeah, sure, you're... Oh, oh, no, don't worry about me. I'm just a good old American boy in Russia in the fucking Black Dolphin with you. Which is, like, their most secure prison. I don't know, man. Yeah, I do. <laughs> uh, I've been there, man. I've seen the shit. No, but I've seen the... I've, I've watched the shit about, like, Amer- like Americans traveling overseas and, this, like, going to try to go to Soviet countries. All Not right, great. All right, all right. Uh, all right. So... They got creative from time to time, and with Operation Acoustic Kitty, the CIA spooks got very, very creative. Uh, what? Uh, Acoustic Kitty. Yeah. It's just as weird as it sounds. So, this started with either a trip to the local Humane Society or an alley somewhere where the CIA... uh, Oh, wrong kitty. Where some CIA scientists snagged a handful of cats and brought them back to their lab. Once back in their, I'm assuming, basement, full of Frankenstein gear, they knocked the cat out. With Mr. Dr. Frankenstein. With Mr. Whiskers in Dreamland, the doctor that I'm guessing was probably more of a dog person would make an incision down the cat's back, like along its spine, from the base of its head down to its tail. Okay. And once they would open the cat, they would install an antenna down the top of the cat's spine. They used a, a flexible cord, so when the cat, like cable, so when the cat moved, it could actually, okay. you know, could move. Yeah. Um. They would then install a microphone deep into the cat's ear canal, and further down onto the cat's chest, they would they would install a transmitter and battery supply. <laughs> Dexter, turn right, Dexter. Dexter, I said turn right. Wow. God damn it. This goddamn cat doesn't work. Get a new cat. I told you we should have used fucking dogs. <laughs> Just like the Russians. Okay. First of all, probably the most disgusting use of an animal in world history is what the Russians did during World War II, where they would take dogs and train them to run at tanks, and they would put them in vests packed with Semtex yes. and shit. They'd wait till they got under tanks and blow them up. No goddamn dog deserves that. No. Ever. No. Ever. No. Dogs are the best people I know. Cats, on the other hand, are pricks. They just want to be left alone, okay? No, they don't. They want attention until they're done with it, and then they fucking hate you. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so you can say, fight me on that one. All of this was being done, thinking that the cat would be able to pick up on secret Soviet conversations, because, you know, who notices a cat wandering around in a park? It's a fucking cat. True. kind of what they do. There were some unforeseen issues with the experiment, because, again, it's a cat. And it was distracted easily by food and the need there for food. So, I mean, it gets hungry and it fucking wants to eat. It's a cat. Exactly. This is why you don't work with animals or children. Because <laughs> they're easily distracted. Oh, look, butterfly. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so I know I'm supposed to be listening to these two fucking Russian dudes, but there's a bird over here that I'm very, very interested in. I am going to... So, gonna unless show. he's got some secrets, fuck these dudes, I'm going after the bird. <laughs> I am going to kill the shit out of that bird. Fuck that bird up. (laughs) Here I come, Robin. So I I did see something, and this is kind of sad, where this whole need for food thing was addressed during a second operation. 
uh, but I couldn't really find out what entailed this surgery, this like procedure that they did. Uh-huh. But I'm sure it wasn't pleasant for the cat. I bet not. Yeah, it's estimated that over the course of the seven or so years that this operation ran, the CIA blew around thirty million dollars on it. Oh my god! Yeah, that's a that's a lot of trips to Radio Shack and the pet store. Good thing they're right next door to each other. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So, so back to Cat Lee Majors. Cat Lee Majors was now ready for action. They had the technology. They made him better than he was. Better, stronger, faster. He was the $30 million cat. (laughs) Oscar Goldfish was his boss. (laughs) (laughs) So his first mission was to... Pussy galore. That's James Bond, asshole. Don't mix it. Whatever. God damn it. Fuck you. There was definitely Bigfoot in one episode, though. Six million dollar man fought Bigfoot. Okay. He did. Okay. Jesus, don't believe me. That's fine. I have never fucking hardly. I don't. I don't think I've ever seen Million Dollar Man. Six million dollar. Whatever. Man. <laughs> million Dollar Man was Ted DiBiase. <laughs> 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 and those two are not the same. All right. Anyway, his first mission was to eavesdrop on a suspected Kremlin spy that was meeting with his American contact. Cat Lee Majors and his handlers rolled up to the park in a van where the meeting was set to take place. He was briefed one final time on the parameters of his mission. Get in, get your cat microphone near the filthy commies, gather information, hiss at a squirrel, maybe get a butt scratch and get the hell out of there. <laughs> It's going to get worse, believe me. He gave one final tiny cat salute and jumped from the van. He slinked and slunk from the van under a parked car, and then about 15 feet into the road was instantly hit and killed by a passing truck. (laughs) Which is unfortunate because it's true. (laughs) So this whole fucking experiment was ruined by a UPS driver. Just fucking flattens this cat. So... For his service to the country that he loved, Cat Lee Majors was, I'm only guessing here, but I'm assuming he was scraped up and tossed into a dumpster. <laughs> a few other cats were, I guess, converted to robot tabbies, but none of them had any success. Uh-huh. None were willing to make the sacrifice that Cat Lee Majors had made. Never. The final cat had had the surgery reversed and was uh, when the project was canned in 1967, and he supposedly lived a long, happy life with a CIA agent that adopted him afterwards. Oh. So, yeah, we don't leave ours out in the cold. <laughs> no man gets left behind. Uh. And I'm sorry, I had to be funny, because, like, we're not doing serious ones. We're doing, like, really goofy shit, and I had to have some fun with it. <sighs> mine's mine's going to be serious. My next one's going to be serious. Kathleen Majors. I know. wow, 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 wow. I hope that was fun. I hope everybody like got a good laugh out of that because yes. apparently we're going to get in some dark shit now. <laughs> Great. Way to bring the fucking mood down, Kevin. Shut up, dickhead. I know. No, this this is another attempt by the, you know, the CIA to to get things to fucking work and well, they sort of worked, but they sort of didn't. And then it had to be shut down once again. But then it turned into a conviction because somebody can't keep their fucking big mouth shut. Shit. (laughs) Usually the CIA just kills people. They're like, no, 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 no. So my second, my second 
operation was called is called Operation Merlin. It was a secret operation that began that came out during the trial of the a CIA officer named Jeffrey Sterling. Jeffrey Sterling um, was convicted of leaking classified information to a reporter, uh, which I will get into in a little bit on who the reporter was. The whole operation began in 1996 when the CIA, to be more precise, the Counter Proliferation Division, came up with the idea to get experts at a national laboratory to design a key part in a nuclear explosive device called a fire set. Okay. Or firing set. Okay. Among other terms that was so seriously flawed that it would that it could not be made to work. The device would then be dangled in front of Iran in the belief that the Iranians would snap it up and expend huge amounts of time and so, money. So this is basically like a nuclear device that can't work, I'm assuming. I'm assuming it's a nuclear device being with yes. Iran. Yeah, okay. they, they, a firing set that they want to try to get them to use to create a nuclear weapon. Go okay. ahead. Because, you know, we're after them. We're it's entrapment. To, yeah. Um, so, like I said, they wanted to have, ex, have them expend huge amounts of time, money, and manpower to try to get it to work. So then in 1996... Uh, or during 1996, the CPD began to work for look for a Russian nuclear weapons expert who knew about the fire set technology. They recruited a former uh, Russian nuclear engineer. Otacon. No, no, no. God damn it. You're ruining my Metal Gear Solid vibe here, motherfucker. I know, man. Son of a bitch. Shut up. Continue. So they <laughs> Shut up, but keep talking. <laughs> so they recruited a former uh, Russian nuclear engineer... That was only named in the classified files by his codename of Merlin. Oh, God, I hope he was an old man with a beard. I don't know. No, no, nothing about him. Uh, he was used to misguide Tehran's scientists pursuing a nuclear bomb. The engineer was to pass on flawed Russian plans for a nuclear triggering, triggering device. During 1997-1998... While the false set of plans for the fire set was being created by experts at one of the national laboratories, Merlin was busy writing emails and letters to organizations and individuals in Iran who might have some interest in the subject. Uh, he was signing his own name and identifying himself as having worked at the Soviet Azermas 16 Nuclear Weapons Laboratory. Okay. Um, and at a meeting in San Francisco in November of 1998, Merlin was introduced to the schematic was introduced to the schematics for the fire set and the parts list to the uh, to accompany it for the first time. So, you know, he's a full year into this, and then boom, hey, we're gonna finally bring you in and show you this shit. Now, the secret uh, hovering over the meeting was that. Merlin's case officers, including Jeffrey Sterling, who would later be tried because he's a... That name is ringing a bell. Because he can't keep his mouth shut. Yeah, that one's ringing a bell for some reason. Um, was, was, quote, steering him away from any notion that the design is flawed. As they, in, they, as they were instructed to, according to a 
uh, May 28, 1997 CIA cable. Thus, the CPD was seeking to deceive both the target and the asset. This was probably the CIA's undoing with Merlin because, well, it was later revealed that during an interview he had with an FBI agent, um, he would tell them that he saw the schematics and the parts list for the fire set, and he immediately told the operations manager and the two control officers, and one being Jeffrey Sterling, mm-hmm. that the most important parts were actually missing from the schematics. Cause, I mean, they didn't actually fucking really realize that this guy knows what the fuck he's talking about. Yep. You know, because he's a nuclear physicist. Duh, you dumbasses. He probably he probably knows a thing or two about uh, exactly. you know, nuclear physics. Yeah. Um, in one of the three interviews Merlin had with the FBI, he would was more emphatic. He actually said, it's fake. It will not work. Some parts are missing, he recalled telling the CIA handlers, according to the FBI report. Well, I wish you'd put that in the eBay description. Yeah. <laughs> We're just going to sell me shit that doesn't work? Is this fucking Craigslist? Sorry. So should have met in the parking he, he lot. He actually would tell them that, hey, this, you dumbasses, this is this won't work. No, but they were like, no, 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 no. It, it, it'll work. It'll work. It'll right. work. You know, just to try to you know keep the disinformation in there. The oh uh, yeah, so they they like they keep the disinformation, assure Merlin that the omission was on purpose, and that he was told to acknowledge the omission. And to explain it, uh, that the Iranians would get it once they paid for the package. Ah. So, you know, they're like, okay, well, he, this guy's too smart. So, listen. All right. We got to, you know, reverse it and say, okay, well, we left this out for a reason. You know? Right. They have to give us the money first. Right. So, the parcelist, as it turned out, was in English, which was not a good thing. Uh, for the former senior Russian engineer, he told the CIA that he preferred that it, he actually they put it in Russian, not in English. Okay. Um, that this was so that the, the only thing that Merlin did not like, he felt and concerned with the fact that the CIA wanted him to tell the Iranians that he, you know, had worked for the uh, at the Azeroth sixteen. Right. Which I mean. If they actually knew anything about it, they would actually see right through it. Um, and also having it in English, not Russian. You know, because, well, he's Russian. Right. Why would you not, you know, have something in, in Russian? Because we're inconsiderate. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so that whole, like, this whole thing actually took place around in February of 1999. Um, so... After that, Merlin continued to fret about the Iranian uh, scrutiny. He began refusing to use his real name and letters and emails. In February, also in February, he fretted that some of the emails he had gotten back from his many attempts to make contact with someone who might be connected with nuclear matters may have come from Iranian intelligence. Okay. So he was kind of... You know, counter espionage type of thing going on. So he's going to get himself in deeper shit. Right. Okay. I, yeah. Um, so Merlin informed his handlers that he had twice gotten e- error messages telling him 
that the intrusions had been detected on his Hotmail account. <laughs> You're trying to sell a fucking nuclear device through Hotmail? Yeah. Why not just use fucking AOL? You know, just fucking hop, hop on Messenger, dude. Yeah. He also raised ASL. The, <laughs> he also uh, raised the possibility that the Iranians could track him through his emails to his residence. Of course. In 2000, Merlin threatened to uh, quit the project altogether, and he actually had walked out of a meeting um, in February to go over details of the trip to Vienna. He was going to take to shortly to deliver the plans to the Iranians. Mm-hmm. Um, this was at the inter- at, at the International Atomic Energy Agency, or the IAEA for short. Yep. Um, when his handlers suggested that he was afraid of having to meet the Iranians, Iranians he did not disagree. Uh, Merlin's account of the operation after his trip to Vienna in, uh, in early March 2000 makes it clear that he was uh, contrived and he, un- he avoided any encounter at all with uh, the Iranian officials. He actually claimed that he couldn't find the Iranian mission to the IAEA, although he had the address and the directions, mm-hmm. so he just basically got sh- scared shitless and was oh, like, eh, "You I'm fucking not blame him." Um, he said that when he finally found the f- office the following day, he didn't have the package with him, and that he, that when he returned later that day, and then the following day, the office was closed, both days. Oh, dokie. Um. And that was his explanation for simply dropping his package in the Iranian mission's mail slot. So Merlin. Um, oh, I remember what I was going to ask you. Is the the mission is that like the like the Iranian embassy almost? Where he was trying to drop this thing off. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um. So the CPD's manager, uh, nevertheless, declared the operation an initial success. You know, because he actually delivered the package. Okay. So in early May, the CPD wrote a ca- in a cable with the t- that was titled "Iranians Take the Initial Bait." So the the, the Iranians mission had uh, couriered the package to Iran rather than tossing it in the trash, adding, "We are off to a good start." CPD officials, you know, after this whole thing, they actually. We're already thinking of, of, a, of a, uh, a way to actually keep Merlin going. Yep. <clears throat> and this was actually came out in a cable that was written in uh, April of 2000. Now, they somehow managed to keep the, this, op, this current operation going until 2003. And it started, what, 99? Yeah. That's pretty good. And this was uh, according to the testimony at the trial. And you say, what trial? We'll get to that. What trial? Yeah. Oh, I thought that was my cue. No. <laughs> <laughs> it actually didn't... The So the operation was bumbling and, and pointless, but the CPD believed that it was for a good... Uh, for the good, its business expanding in the range of its uh, services and putting to the front lines of central national security issues, which I'm like... Okay, I, I, have, yeah. I have to... I, I didn't want to, like... You know, mince words there. I had to actually take it for what it, what it said. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck? That, that's that's the bottom line. That's the oh, that's the 
what it is. That's the company line is company like, oh, we, well, we're doing the we're doing what's best for the yeah, greater we, good. Yeah, fuck you, you fuck are. You are. You're literally trying to start a nuclear war with Iran. Like, fucking stop. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Probably not a great idea. Just because they don't have shit and we do, doesn't mean that our actions would go unanswered from other people, cough, cough, the Russians, that also like the Iranians. Yeah. Yeah. So, this spy operation actually ended in January of 2006. Jesus Christ! Yeah, after it was disclosed in James Risen's book, Star Wars. Uh, Risen, in his book called, uh, actually had called the op- the operation, because it wasn't actually called Operation Merlin. Mm-hmm. He actually named it Operation Merlin. Ah. So that's where it came from. Because after it was named after... The guy. The guy. Right. The, the engineering engineer's code. You know, code name, being Merlin. Right, makes sense. Um, the program was described not as only a failure, but as quote one of the most reckless operations in modern history of the CIA. Risen said that it was one that that may have helped put nuclear weapons in the hands of a charter member of what President George W. Bush called "axis of evil." He's not the first one to use that term, though. Yeah. They kind of existed in the 30s and 40s. Now, since the book came out, the CIA actually, uh, in January 2006, began to give warnings that the book contained some inaccuracies. <laughs> book has spoilers. <laughs> and that some of the anonymous sources were unreliable. Sure. So they knew that he was on, yeah. on track. So if you're just like, no, this guy's a liar... People are going to, no, I don't know. That seems like bullshit to me. I don't think anybody's going to believe the CIA with that. So, now, even more about this operation was revealed at, yes, I I mentioned a trial. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, even more was revealed at a trial, which was for, of Merlin's former CIA case officer, Jeffrey Sterling. God damn, I don't know why that name is ringing a bell so much. Uh, He was being tried for leaking classified information, like I said, to a reporter uh, about this operation. The reporter was turned out to be Ryzen. Ah, the guy wrote in the book. Okay. Mm-hmm. And during the trial, this guy named Bob S., who was the CIA's operation director um, of Nuclear Pro- uh, Counterproliferation Unit and overseer of Merlin's program, mm-hmm. he said about Ryzen's book did to the operation... He said, quote, it sh- shut it down completely and made it made all of our efforts for naught. <laughs> In his book, Ryzen said that the Russians believed that he was handing over genuine nuclear designs. Uh, he goes on in his book to discuss the meeting in February of 2000 in Vienna. Mm-hmm. And according to his book, the Russian, quote, unsealed the envelope with a nuclear blueprints and included a personal letter of his own to the Iranians. Now, no matter what the CIA told him, he was going to hedge his bets and that he obviously knew there was something wrong with these blueprints. Mm-hmm. And so he decided to mention that the fact that the Iranian, this fact to the Iranians in his letter. So basically he's trying to say that Merlin actually told him that, told the Iranians that, hey, it's fake. It's fake. Huh. 
which don't know if that's true or not because he was being fed this information right by jeffrey now um during the trial bob s testified that no contact had been made before the Ryzen book was published, but the agency had expected it would take years before the Iranians got to a point where they were attempting to build the triggering device. In fact, the CIA reported in 2007 in the National Intelligence Estimate that the Iran that Iran had halted nuclear warhead activities in 2003. Sure. At least temporarily. Yeah. We paused it. Yeah. So... Yeah. So with this whole thing, it kind of, as one of the um, people that, well, well, like one of the articles and stuff I read, and people, because I mean, this is so recent that people were, you know, writing all about this. Right. And one of the guys is like, this is definitely one of those damn things you could see becoming a movie. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's like a fucking Tom Clancy book. But it kind of goes to show that even though as a reporter, you have to do your research and you can't just take things for what they are because guess what sometimes they're real sometimes they're not and well some of this case that some of this shit is actually not real you know that what that he wrote in his book was right. actually just you know shit that he was given by sterling because sterling gave him misinformation yeah just to, to, to be able to yeah like no it's, it's butt covering yeah at its finest i mean he did give him some correct information but not enough but not enough he gave him more he fed him more shit than he did uh-huh. truth but but Sterling actually was tried and convicted. Good. So his ass is, I think, in jail. Good. I'm not sure. But. So, yeah. So, that is Operation Merlin, a fucking, like, real heavy-ass thing where, you know, you, you try to take some guy that you think is kind of like, you know, hey, he might work with us because he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Well, he knows too much. Yes. Um, but since we were talking about DARPA before and I got talking about Metal Gear Solid because that's where my brain goes when I think about DARPA. Yes. I found another thing that they worked on back in the 60s. I wanted to mention it because, again, it makes a, an appearance in Metal Gear Solid and I love it. But it's also <laughs> silly and also super fucking scary at the same time. It's called the M28 Davy Crockett, which is a bipod mounted recoilless rifle that can fire a 10 to 20 I'm sorry uh, uh, can fire a 51 pound nuclear device around a mile and a half to two miles and these were being set up during the late like the early 1960s late 1950s in that area just in case war broke out on the Korea uh, on the Korean Peninsula again they were also setting them up in Europe just in case the Cold War turned hot. Huh. So they were. it's basically, it looks like a giant fucking rocket launcher on a bipod, but it fires a fucking nuke that on impact would release between 10 and 20 tons of TNT worth of an explosion. Wow. So it's not, it's not like a huge explosion, but it's still a nuclear weapon that you could literally pick up and fire from your shoulder. Yeah. Which That's, is fucking terrifying. That is. That's fucking nuts. And then, of course, they name it after Davy Crockett, who, you know, king of the wild frontier. Exactly. You know, but 
I, I just remembered that and I was like, I gotta mention that because it's 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 wild that that thing actually existed. That somebody who was probably dosed with LSD was like, hey, what if we made a shoulder-mounted nuke? It's kind of it's kind of like it's so fucked up to like. I mean, there's so many more operations out there that like. Yeah, I mean, I picked I come... picked fun ones because I'm like I want to do some goofy shit because the next couple weeks are gonna be a little heavy. But I, I mean. Just kind of crazy that you know the and, fact that and there's even worse shit out there that we've actually tried to do, uh, like you know Operation Northwoods. We should probably talk about at some point. Um, well, we actually try didn't try to do this. We they actually did do these right. things. No, but there's other things that, that that were even worse that were planned that never came to fruition. Like again, like Operation Northwoods, which is why a lot of people kind of point to that and say maybe we actually did do 9-11 because we had a plan for it in the fucking 60s you know uh, the Gulf of Tonkin where mm-hmm. we created a reason to get involved in the Vietnam War Well, yeah, many others there's been a lot of yeah the different governments that we've deposed and replaced and deposed again once we decided we didn't like them and Iran is one of them Nicaragua, <laughs> Iraq uh, we kind of trained Osama bin Laden on how to do shit. He potentially could be a CIA agent himself, but whatever. Well, Tim, Tim he, Osmond. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've done a lot of goofy shit. Mm. Um, yeah. It's it's War Plan Red is a fun one. We'll we'll talk about that in some other thing. Cause yeah, holy I, th- I, shit. Th- I think we're definitely gonna have to do another one. We, of these. we definitely do, and a lot of these that I just mentioned, I think could be their own because there's so much that goes into them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, like this one. I was the last one, Operation Merlin. I was just like, oh man, this is it's oh. it's a Tom Clancy book. Yeah. <laughs> you know it, uh, and that's why I wasn't talking a bunch. I was like, I was focusing and I was interested because I'm like, this is crazy shit. And a lot of the time, the true stuff is weirder than the fictional stuff. And to actually think that they actually just about fucking got away with it. You know. Yeah actually fucking did this shit and why would we do that as a reason to invade iran because they now have a nuclear weapon that we sold them yeah even though it doesn't work yeah we could put sanctions on them yeah it's kind of like all those weapons of mass destruction in iraq that just kind of disappeared after we got there you know yeah hey it's what it is man yeah the bay of pigs is another we could talk about because that was a giant clusterfuck. True. That shouldn't have happened. True. So Very, very true. Yeah. But with so, that being said. Yeah. So, go over to studio.com. Yep. Check out their headphones, earbuds, and Bluetooth speaker. Put them in your basket. Go to checkout. Put the promo code of discount discount code or promo code, whichever, of Dark Windows 15 in to get 15% off your entire purchase. But if you don't feel like going all, do all that stuff or you forget, just go over to another little place www.catleemajors.com No, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so go to darkwindowspod.com. We have links there to our Age of Radio page where you can listen to all of our old episodes and even some of our new ones. We've got links to our Patreon where you can give us $5 and get a bonus episode and some stickers once a month. Stickers. We've got a link to our Threadless store where you can go buy a thing with our logo on it, which we're actually working on some more to put up there. Um, yeah, it's, it's also got a link to Studio where you can go buy some kick-ass killer headphones. 
So, now that we got all that out of the way, uh, the next couple weeks, we are going to do a true crime. I think this is going to technically be our first tag team serial killer episode. Not that we've tag teamed, because we tag teamed Israel Keys, Uh but we're covering a pair of serial killers that work together, which is not very common. And these guys are like extraordinary pieces of shit, but we're going to talk about it for the next couple weeks. So with that being said, just because you can't see out into the dark doesn't mean that the dark can't see into you. Bye-bye. And the CIA is totally not listening to anything we just said. Wink, 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 wink.